Well, praise the Lord, church. I am excited to dive into part four of our Neighborhood Watch series. Listen, uh, we're going to continue to bring an axe to the root of racism and not just racism, uh, but prejudice in general, because prejudice can exist in any of our hearts and block us from experiencing all that God has for us or stop us from being able to serve those who Jesus has called us to serve. So listen, in this moment, I want to invite you to join me in the book of James. What book did I say? We're going to the book of James, James chapter 2. And, uh, and so if you can turn there with me, that would be awesome. If you do not have a Bible, I encourage you to download the YouVersion app. It's really easy to navigate, created by an amazing church. And so um, I encourage you to download that. But however it is that you're going to read scripture today, I want you to turn to James chapter 2. Let's go ahead and we're going to read from verse 1. And so the Bible says, my brothers, show no partiality. And I'm reading in the ESV. As you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in. And if you, pay, if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place. Come on, somebody. Don't this sound familiar? You sit here in a good place. While you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man and not the rich ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court. Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? And then he goes on and says in verse eight, if you really fulfill the royal law according to scripture, you will love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin. Everybody say sin. You are committing sin. And then he goes on and says, and are convicted by the law as transgressors. We're going to stop there for today. Man, I could just close the Bible and we could go home off of that. But if you will, go ahead and bow your heads and let's pray. God, I'm just so thankful for this preaching opportunity. Thank you, Lord, uh, for the opportunity to be able to challenge us to love beyond preference to open ourselves up for healing, and to make sure that we are rigorously bringing an ax to the root of racism and prejudice. God, I pray that you would not just be with us, but because we're not in competition with other churches that are preaching your gospel, I pray, Lord, that you would bless everyone, every church, every man and woman of God that is declaring your word today around the city of Toronto and beyond. Lord, we pray that fruit would come forth and that you would get the glory. Thank you so much again for this opportunity. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. Listen, as we're getting ready to jump into the word today, I want you to just go ahead uh, in this moment and put in the chat, I am my neighbor's keeper. Come on, I am my neighbor's keeper. In fact, there's somebody next to you. Go ahead and uh, give them a high five if you're at home with your mom and them or whoever it is that's there with you and give them a high five. Tell them, I am my neighbor's keeper.
keeper. Praise God. Listen, I'm going to jump right in. Uh, I'll never forget, man, not too long ago, um, a friend of mine, a, a dear mentee of mine in the faith, never forget, he called me and he just said, hey, man, he's like, can you come with me to the car dealership? And he says, I want you to come with me to the car dealership because I'm getting ready to buy a, a car for my family. My family is expanding. And so this is the opportunity for me uh, at this moment to go and buy a car for my family. So I said, all right, man, sure. So the man them got in the car, uh, in the current car that he had. He came by and scooped me and he uh, took me to a dealer. And he, you know, uh, because of where he's at, he's like, you know what, man, I'm not financing nothing, nothing like this. I'm going to pay cash. And he was prepared. I believe it was like thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. He was really, he was ready to be able to just put down to buy this vehicle. And so when it is that we got to the dealership, it was just insane because we got there. We were thinking about looking at a, uh, a number of cars. He was asking me, you know, which ones I liked. And I was sharing with him and, you know, because I'm into cars as well. And we were just exploring. And when we got on there, something, you know, that we noticed after a while is that none of the salespeople who were white, none, none of them decided that they were going to come and talk to us. And so we literally walked around. No one said anything to us. And then the thing, you know, we didn't think too much of it. But then shortly thereafter, we noticed that there were some white people that came um, into the, the parking lot. And once they came in, the salespeople that were ignoring us decided that they were going to go and they were going to deal with those white people. Little did they know that my friend was an easy sale. He was there waiting to buy a vehicle and he had cash. They were he was ready to purchase this vehicle. But there was obvious prejudice. There was obvious preferential treatment based upon the skin color of those who came in after us. Maybe we're not the only ones that ever experienced anything like that. I know maybe there's someone uh, on the other side of the camera who knows exactly what I'm talking about. This day and age, that is one of the harsh realities that exists, that there is preferential treatment that is given to people who have white skin color, oftentimes over those who have black skin color. And, you know, this was a disheartening thing. We actually ended up picking up and leaving from there and going literally across the street. As soon as we got there, you know, we walked onto the parking lot and the people who were there, they were excited to see us. They greeted us warmly and we ended up leaving there. My friend ended up purchasing a very expensive vehicle and the person who helped him was blessed greatly <laughs> because of the sale that they made. Now, it's insane today that although this is the experience that I'm sharing right now, that there are many of us, both black and white and others, who um, display partiality or preferential treatment, whether it is based upon skin color or our socioeconomic status, it might be financial status, things of this nature. And sometimes we will treat people with preference or we will treat people with partiality or favoritism based upon their external demeanor, my. And so I, I just, I love this because I want to attack this because there's so many aspects to when we're talking about being our neighbor's keeper and looking out for our neighbor. And there are a number of things that hinder us from being able to love God and to love people effectively. And partiality is one of those things. 
In fact, James is very clear about this. He actually speaks in line with Jesus. We believe that James is the brother of Jesus, and he gives some pretty heavy stuff throughout this entire book. And this is one of the biggest passages against treating people with partiality based upon who they are externally. And so I just love, you know, in verse 1 of James chapter 2, he says, My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. And so I love how he starts with this general statement. It encompasses a number of aspects of who we are. And he says, if you are a Christian, as someone who is a Christian, who has, has put faith in Jesus, who has given us love in an undeserved fashion, come on somebody. He says that we ought to show no partiality to anybody else, right? And so in this moment, not to give preferential treatment, he starts and then he further elaborates and he talks about preferential treatment based upon the way that people are dressed and based upon our um, outlook or our view or our assessment of the way that it is that they look. Watch this. So he talks about, he says, he contrasts someone who comes in who has the appearance, the physical appearance of someone who is um, rich or who is wealthy, talking about how they're dressed. And then he contrasts that person with someone who looks poor. And then he begins to talk about how many of us actually act, not just a black and a white thing, but just in general, because he starts to expose the issue of the heart, where he says that in our minds or in our thoughts, that we're doing this because our thoughts are evil. In other words, we treat them in a certain way with partiality or with preferential treatment because we feel that they may be able to give something to us, to add something to us. Because really and truly, we're looking to see like, okay, what can I get out of my connection with this person? And I'm telling you, so James is making it clear. He's saying that this is an evil mindset to have because it is not God's desire that we should show partiality. Now I want you to note this because uh, somebody's saying, what does he mean by partiality? What is it that he means by partiality? And I'm going to continue to unpack this a little bit more. But number one, uh, the, the Greek word there for partiality in your translation, depending on which one it is that you're reading, may render it a little different. But the word for uh, partiality there is prosopalapsia, prosopalapsia. So prosopalapsia means, uh, it talks about personal favoritism or respect of person. In other words, not have a little respect when I get home, not that type of respect, but the fact that you give respect to who someone is based upon the way that they look. You, you exemplify favoritism towards them based upon their appearance, based upon the way that they look. First of all, I mean, can I just keep it real? There are a lot of people who have the appearance of wealth that are actually more in debt than some of the people that you may look down upon, <laughs> come on somebody, and think that they have no wealth. There are people, there are people that floss and that flaunt, and they are in debt up to the wazoo. They are dodging bill collectors, they are, you know, they, they don't have it all that you, they don't have it together the way that many of us think that they do. Just because someone has the appearance 
does not mean that they are wealthy. And number two, does not mean that they deserve favoritism or preferential treatment. And many of us, I think we got to examine our hearts. We got to examine our hearts because here's fact one. I want to give you point number one. Watch this. Here's point number one. We'll be on the screen there for you if you're watching this as well. We often determine how we will treat people based on our external assessment of their ability to help us. This is one of the sad facts. Here it is. Let me say it again. Pick it, pick it. We often determine how we will treat people based on our external assessment of their ability to help us. And so some of us, you know, we will treat people with partiality because we've assessed them and based on their exterior, we have determined that they are unable to assist or help us or get us forward. And so consequently, we will not put trust in them. We will not love on them or we will not show them any sorts of kindness. Like my friend and I, they didn't realize, they didn't realize that we at that moment, and I was rolling with him, but they didn't realize that we had the power in that moment to bless their socks off because they looked uh, with prejudice, with prejudice, prejudging us based on our exterior and they didn't realize. So they may have had a experience or experiences where they didn't know that there are black people who are wealthy or black people who have financial prowess and although they may not be flossing and flaunting and driving you know 50 inch rims like the stereotypes that many people have of what black people are like and bumping hip-hop music they didn't realize that this individual and that we were coming with a different level of weight and because they showed partiality they missed out on a blessing but not only that, how many of you know that God has not called us to treat and love on people just based upon their ability to assist or to help us? Come on, that is selfishness 101, that you are helping someone because your desire is to be able to receive something from them. I'm so glad that God was willing to be a blessing to me, even when I had absolutely nothing to be able to be a blessing to him. And so we got, we got to check our heart as it pertains to partiality. We have to check our hearts because why is it that you are showing partiality to somebody else? Are you showing partiality to them because of their skin color? Are you showing partiality to them based upon your assessment or your desire to only help people who can ultimately be a blessing to you? And I'll never forget, man, there was a time many, many, many years ago when uh, we had started ministry, we were in ministry, and, you know, there was a time when our desire was to go out. It was the 4th of July, and we decided that we were going to go out, and we were going to serve the community. And what we did, it was really hot. There was fireworks out there that were going, and we said, you know what, let's bless the community. And what we're going to do is we're going to get um, 500 cans of pop. And that might sound like nothing to somebody, but we were a small church back then. And, you know, our desire was to go out and be a blessing to the community. So we took 500 cans of pop. We filled some coolers with ice and put them in there and we wheeled them down and we went out. And, you know, we were just going up to people just saying, you know, God bless you. Here's a can of pop on us. You know, we live in some pretty crazy times that, that we can't really do anything like that right now. But we were going up and we gave them cards and we were just loving on people and just giving them, you know, cans of pop. And I'll never forget there was a guy that came up 
And by his appearance, by his appearance, this guy seemed as if he was someone who he looked like, you know, he, he didn't really have much. He looked like he was in a homeless sort of a position. It's very easy for us at times to look at people like that and to judge them based upon their appearance. And so just like anyone else in that moment, because we were out there to love on our neighbor, we gave this guy a can of pop. And the thought was, you know, we didn't know who's going to come to church. We don't know who's going to come and become a part of the church at that time when we were living in the United States. But we're like, you know what? We just want to love on everybody. And it was nuts because uh, shortly thereafter, I don't remember the amount of time that passed, but where we were and where the church was, was about, let's say, 15, 20 minutes. And so lo and behold, no one else showed up from that experience of us giving out those cans of pop, except guess who? The guy who looked like he was homeless and the guy who looked like he was in this position where we could have judged him based upon his exterior. It was insane. And this gentleman ends up coming to the church. And guess what? Can I tell you something that was crazy? He ended up being one of the biggest givers that we have ever had, that we ever had at our church. He went on to give thousands of dollars to the church so that we could carry the vision forward and be a blessing. It's very easy for us to judge people based on the external, but you never know who it is that you are encountering or who it is that is with you in that moment. So James, James is coming against the against partiality. He later in this passage calls it a sin. It's a sin to treat people favorably or unfavorably based upon their exterior and based upon their appearance. There are many of you, you've already prejudged certain people based upon their exterior. Or you grew up with their narrative in your household and what has been being preached from your dinner table. Stay away from guys who wear do-rags. Or if you see a, a black man with braids that you've got to do X, Y, or Z. Or even in black homes, you know what? You can't trust white people because white people, they're all out to get you. What is the narrative that is in your household that informs the way that you treat people, the prejudices, the stereotypes that you and I may have that are blocking us from serving and loving our neighbor, are hindering us from being the all that God has called us to be simply because we are judging people based on the exterior. I know that I've been guilty of it before, and I know that there are many of you who are watching who are in this position. God's desire is for us to be able to get to know people and to be able to determine how we interact with people beyond just judging or limiting them to their exterior. It's always hilarious to me when people find out that I'm a pastor, you know. They don't know that I speak to literally thousands and thousands of people or I'm in a position where, you know, I marry people and bury people and all this sorts of stuff. Many of them simply because of the way that I dress. Right now, you know, um, I've cut my hair, but I had cornrows in my hair for the longest time. And so do all my kids, right? We, I wear jeans and I preach in, and I, got my, I have an earring currently, you know what I mean? And so a lot of people will judge me from the exterior. And it's funny, I'll walk into places and have people all cussing and blankety, blankety, blank, blank, blankety, blank, all around me. And I don't have a problem with that because that's why I want to be regular. I want to be regular, regular. I want to look just like everyone because Jesus exemplified to us that, you know, it's imagine God putting on flesh, 
coming into the earth to love and serve those who he came to save. He, he put on flesh. God is spirit. John chapter 4 lets us know. God put on flesh. John chapter 1 lets us know, verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so I like when people, I like when people can look at me and just see me as a regular person and they can be themselves. That's how I want people to be. But it's hilarious because most people that don't think that I'm a pastor, uh, you know, when they find out or they'd be like, you know, blankety blank, 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 you know, and this is what I do. Hey, what do you do? And I'm like, uh, I'm a, a pastor. And then they're like, oh, uh, sorry, Reverend. Uh, sorry. And, and they try to... <laughs> It's hilarious when people find out that I'm a pastor. I just like being regular and I like people treating me regular and I like for people to be their real self. But the fact is that oftentimes people will treat pastors and leaders even with partiality, right? When there is supposed to be no partiality between leaders and between people. We put on our pants the same way. You know, yes, there is honor and the Bible talks about honoring leadership and those who serve well and all of this, but it does not teach us to treat pastors with preference or with partiality just based upon the fact that they are pastors. I want you to be 100% around me and people will tell you, that's why we say no perfect people allowed. You know, I'm treating you the way that I am and I want you to be able to be real the way that you are. And so oftentimes we treat, we'll treat regular people, as we would call them, regular people like trash, but then we treat spiritual leaders like royalty and kings and we queens and we kiss their rings and all this stuff, oftentimes based upon how high priestly they look, how verbose they are, how superfluous they are in their communicative ability, you know, and all this sorts of stuff. But, but the fact of the matter is that we should not be showing partiality even to leaders based upon the way they look externally and we shouldn't be judging people based upon the way they are externally many of us say well it's difficult because i don't have the opportunity to learn or know somebody in a moment but well the fact of the matter is that a lot of us it's not about you getting to know someone or going deep into them or being uh, broadening your relationship with them it's not even about that for you you show partiality based upon skin color or based upon people's external um, appearance as opposed to showing them love or giving them a shot just based upon the fact that they are there. I mean, just think about it. When you go into a store, stuff like this happens all the time. People don't think this is real, but you go into the store and you'll see a number of people waiting there to help. Who do you go to first? Do you go to the black guy first? Do you go to the white guy first? Who is it that you go to first and why is it? Do you feel, oh, this man's gonna hook me up, so I'm gonna go over to this dude first? Or do you feel, and th this person is gonna be too, uh, this person is gonna be a stickler, they're gonna be tight, they're not gonna help me out, they're not gonna, what is, how do you determine? How do you determine this? Here's point number two for you. Not only do we determine how we'll treat people based on our external assessment of their ability to help us, right? But we can't go to the core of every person in a moment, but we can show partiality in a second. We can't go to the core of every person in a moment, but we can show partiality in a second. Yes, you may not be able to go to the heart and the core of everyone that you meet, but it is very easy. We usually are going to gravitate to the ones that we feel comfortable with more than likely based on their appearance. For some of us, this is based upon race because you have prejudged whether white or black. 
And so you won't go and ask for help from someone who doesn't look like you because of the prejudice or the, uh, the stereotypes that are attached to those people. And not only this, you may be in the serving position. There are some of us who are in the serving position. And when you see someone who comes in, as I talked about in the beginning, you won't serve them based upon your prejudice, based upon what you heard about those people, based upon that the fact that you heard certain people are cheap or certain people are not, so they're not going to spend any money. So, you know, and we often will miss out on blessings or miss out on opportunities to help people, especially as we are holding the gospel, as James says in James chapter two, we are often hindered from being able to be a blessing and show the love of God because of the sin, as he calls it, of partiality. Now, you know, this is important for us because even the disciples, and I, if, you, if you missed part one through three of this series, you need to go and check it out. But as I was sharing, there are many people who don't realize that even the Jewish disciples who the gospel was preached to, they did not realize that the gospel that Jesus was calling them to be able to preach the good news gospel, the euangelion, the good news about Jesus and his love for everyone. They didn't get that it was beyond their circle and their Jewish group. They most definitely didn't think it was about Samaritans, right? Who they thought were people that were half-breeds and they were, they were like the scum of the earth to, do, to Jewish people. But their perspective especially did not expand or broaden towards the idea of Gentile people, non-Jews in general, as being able to be recipients of the gospel or the good news about Jesus. And we find, watch this, in Acts chapter 10, there's this story where Peter is in a place where he gets an assignment to go and minister to someone who is a Gentile, someone who God's desire was to connect with, and he was a Gentile, wasn't a Jew. And God gives him a vision externally, as you see it. I'm, I don't have the time to read through all of it. But in Acts chapter 10, verses 9, all the way onward, we find that Peter gets a vision where God tells him to rise and eat animals that he thought were unclean. And he answers God and says, look, God, I don't eat unclean things. All of the things he saw, he judged them based on their exterior. And God ends up going on and says in verse 15, and the voice came to him again saying the second time, what God has made clean, do not call common. And this happened three times for emphasis. And the thing was taken up at once. So he sees a sheet with all of these animals and it says, rise, kill and eat. And he's like, nah, I don't eat uncommon and clean, unclean things. And so in this moment, God is revealing to him because he ends up telling him there is a revelation that he is to go and connect with this guy named Cornelius, who is a Gentile, but who was someone who God was working upon his heart. And so in that moment, uh, Peter goes to Cornelius's house which is nuts. He's going to a Gentile's house and he is there to prepare to declare the good news, the gospel of Jesus, the love of Jesus to someone who externally he would never have interaction with them. Externally, he didn't even know that God's desire was to save and to use Gentiles for him to go beyond his preference to be able to love on someone who was not a Jew. 
but it's powerful. Watch what happens with Peter. In verse 34 of Acts chapter 10, the Bible says, So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. My God. And some translations say God is no respecter of Persians. There's that word again, prosopalapsia, that he is no respecter of person. God does not show partiality is what he is saying. Watch this in verse 35. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. So anyone who says yes to the Lord, anyone who is uh, in the position where their hearts are opened by God to God, come on. God is able to come in that heart and is able to save that person and is able to fill that person and to use them for his glory. And so Peter, who admittedly had prejudice and admittedly, as with all of the Jewish nation, had showed partiality, Peter admits and has the revelation that God is no respecter of person. Or as the ESV says, he says, I understand that God shows no partiality. Oh my, this is some good stuff right here. I wonder who sees where I'm going with this. Peter catches a revelation. After all of these years, he has grown, but he comes to the realization that indeed God shows no partiality. Man, what's happening right now in our society and in our day and time is that God is revealing to us the sheep is coming out from heaven. And we are seeing right now before us, even as it were, as a sheet that is coming out with social media and with all that is taking place and with all of the voices, especially in the black community, that are rising up and people who's, who are amplifying the voices in the community that black lives matter. We are now starting to see that God, we're catching the revelation that there is no partiality. This is why there are many white brothers and sisters who are coming to the realization that racism is a heinous beast that is a tree that has grown too long. Come on, somebody. And this is because like Peter, this is the revelation that is coming to many of us in this season. And so many of us, we're catching this revelation where you're realizing that the people who you didn't think had any value, whether it was intentionally or unintentionally, simply because of the landscape that you grew in or grew up in or the things that your parents may have told you, you're realizing, hold up a second, there are things that are valuable in people that do not look like me. And the fact of the matter is that this Black Lives Matter a season that we're in, yeah, we know that all lives matter. And I believe that once the root of anti-black racism is cut down and is hewn down and is chopped down, that there are other cultures that have been degraded and downplayed and there has been partiality shown against them, that God is getting ready to do something mighty in many of these communities as well. I'm believing there's some some voices that were overlooked. Come on, somebody that are getting ready to be voices that are amplified and heard because the revelation is coming when you thought that it was just for people that look like you on both sides. Come on, somebody. When you thought it was just about people that look like you or grew up like you or in the same financial status as you, I believe that God is getting ready to raise up and use voices to save people that don't even look like them to deliver 
deliver people that are in a different tax bracket than they are, that God is getting ready to bless his body in such a massive and a magnanimous manner because we put away the idol of partiality. Oh my, I feel this preach. I wonder if it's anybody else uh, that's watching with me that knows that this is getting ready to happen. But watch what happens for Peter while he preaches the gospel. Bible says in verse 44 of Acts chapter 10, says, while Peter, somebody say, while Peter, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. Watch this. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles. Verse 46, for they were hearing them speak in tongues and extol or give praise to God. And then Peter declared, verse 47, can anyone withhold water from baptizing these people who received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded that they be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they asked him to remain for some days. So right there, my God, Peter in that moment, wow. While he's preaching, he caught the revelation even before he started preaching because God gave him this revelation. There are many of you who are in queue where God has been giving you revelation even before this Black Lives Matter and this anti-black racism uh, campaign started. God has already been doing some stuff in your heart. Come on, somebody. And you've been positioned. You've been catching the revelation about this even before any of this happened. And you've been wondering, you know what? Is it worth it? Should I lose friends or should I? make the move? Should I take the step? And many of these Jewish people, given that Peter, uh, that came along with Peter, watch what happens here. While Peter is preaching, not it moves from revelation to manifestation. <laughs> While Peter is preaching, it moves from revelation to manifestation. He catches not just the revelation, but here is the manifestation of that which God declared. Come on. It was revealed, but now it manifested that the Holy Spirit fell on them. And the same thing that happened at Pentecost in, in Acts chapter 2 verse 5, which when the Holy Spirit fell, it only fell on Jewish people. Here we find that the same thing that happened to them when they spoke in tongues at Pentecost was the same thing that happened to these Gentile believers. My God, I'm believing in this season that it's moving. That's what we're seeing. It's moving from revelation to manifestation. Come on. God is taking the body of Christ from revelation. It's been revealed. Come on. And for some of you, you're just getting woke to the fact of what's taking place. But manifestation is getting ready to happen. Come on. I'm believing that God's power is going to tear down the walls of partition, that the sin of partiality, the wall is coming down. I'm believing that we are getting ready to love one another to where there are white people who are going to start embracing and they're going to start opening themselves and walking and using their privilege and their platform to be able to give a voice to those who have been silenced or whose voices have been squelched for over 400 plus years. Come on, somebody. I'm believing we're getting ready in this day and age to see one of the greatest manifestations
manifestations of God's power that we have ever seen in the history of earth, especially here in Canada, because the sin of partiality is coming down. My God. And so I want to encourage you, my brother and sister, to become to the place where you are your neighbor's keeper, where you and I, that we go beyond our preferences, that we go beyond the stereotypes, that we go beyond the desire to just deal with people based upon our assessment of their ability to help us and that we act like Jesus, my God, who was to the place where when he could have judged all of us based upon the way that we were, that he came down from heaven, that he said, I'm not going to judge their exterior because they're not God like I am. He says, I'm going to put on flesh and I'm going to come on and uh, put on an earth suit and come to the earth on the assignment to be able to love and die for people who were putting me on the cross even when they mocked him and said come down from that tree the love of God was exemplified in that he died for the world for God so loved the world come here John 3 16 that he gave his hope for God so loved the world for God so loved the world come on that he gave his own he loved the world he loved black people he loved white people he loved Asian people he loves indigenous people he loves people from Africa he loves people from Europe and Asia he loves people from all over the world and he gave his son because we all have sinned and we all deserve death but he decided to show his love to all of us when we are yet sinners and no matter who we are or what we have done or what we look like come on somebody he died for our sins and rose from death on the third day with all power so that we all of us every single one of us even the people that you don't like even the people that you think don't deserve it he died so all of us could have a chance to put trust and faith in him as he draws and quickens and opens our hearts and that we can be a part of that picture in Revelation 7 9 where every tribe and every tongue and every nation my God is before the throne of God crying holy 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 so this ought to be our demeanor as we go out there and as we are our neighbor's keeper we ought to remember maybe I'm the only one that didn't have it all together maybe I'm the only one that was tore up from the floor maybe I'm the only one who was a mess come on when Jesus found me I'm so glad that Jesus did not get to the place where he discriminated against me because of my exterior I'm glad that he looked beyond my fault come on and that he saw my need and he was willing to die for my sins a wretched sinner like me and to rise from death exemplifying the greatest love act known to mankind if you're happy that God doesn't show partiality and that he's no respecter of person I declare and I dare you to put those hands together and open your mouth and give him a shout right where you are hallelujah glory to God and a lot of us we've been talking about it and it's time now for us to be about it it's time for it to move from just being in our heart and in our head or us declaring that it's in our heart and our head but we're not doing the thing that we're declaring we're not doing the thing that we're thinking because it's pointless to know something and not do it and so I want to challenge you as we're talking about 
neighborhood watch and being on watch for our neighbor. The same love that Jesus showed to you. I encourage you to show this same love to everyone who's in your circle of influence. Let's stop with the partiality. Let's stop with the favoritism. And let's stop because some of the biggest blessings are in packages that we don't expect. Listen, I want to invite you in this moment, someone who's watching and you're in the position where you do not know the Lord. You don't know Jesus is the pardon of your sins. You, have, you're, you don't have a relationship with God. I want to invite you in this moment to put your trust and your faith in him. As I said throughout this message, Jesus died for your sins. The Bible makes it clear that we all are sinners, Romans 3.23. We all are sinners. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the good news is that God died in our place, put on flesh and died in flesh, taking all of the sins of the world on himself to die for our sins. And that you and I, all that we have to do, the Bible says that if we believe in him, if we put trust in him, in John 3.16, or in Romans 10.9, it says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that, in other words, if we ask him to be the boss of our life, the leader of our life, I don't know about you, but I want the creator to be the, the boss and the leader of my life. And if we confess and we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, that indeed, if we believe that he has miraculously been risen from death, that we would be saved. You and I, that we could be saved. We can start a relationship with Jesus right now. We can become a new creature. It doesn't matter how you've been treating others before. You can, in this season and in this time, be someone who, because of God in you, you can love people without partiality. You can love people without preference. Go beyond preference and just love on people as Jesus did to you. Because those who truly have received Christ's love are ones that go out and love on everybody and without judging their exterior. And so in this moment, I want to invite you, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, to make this decision right where you are. You can respond to this incredible love that I'm talking about. You might be someone who has gone away from Christ and today is your day to come back home to him. If that person is you, uh, wherever you are, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to pray this prayer. And I want you to mean it with all your heart. It's not a prayer that saves. It's Jesus who saves. But this prayer is a line that we're drawing in the sand saying, today is my day. This is the day that I trust Christ and that I follow him all the way. Here we go. And so right now where you are, I want you to just pray this and say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, Thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and make me new. And be with me now and forevermore. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, we celebrate with you if you made that decision. Glory to God. Heaven is going nuts right now over each and every single soul that comes to a place of repentance. Whether it's your first time or a recommitment, God receives you and you can go on with your relationship with him. Praise the Lord.